You're listening to Lighten Up with the Declutterista, and I'm your host, Becky Bass, the Declutterista. I'm all about having fun with mom life, decluttering, and interviewing inspiring guests. So I'm going to give you one of my favorite decluttering your mind tips. When I wake up in the morning, I am a morning person. I like to wake up early. I'm naturally waking up. I meet my mom and sister at the gym, as you might have heard. And this morning, I woke up feeling overwhelmed, self-doubt, imposter, what am I doing? But I'm pretty confident now because I have my morning routine that I will get myself in a good place. So just imagine having all those thoughts and then just having life in your face, like your kids crawling on you, telling you to do things. So I love having the morning to myself. So one number one tip, and I know people say I hate waking up early. It's I'm telling you it's a game changer. It could totally change your mood. But my favorite thing when I'm feeling blue, and I think I'm naturally moody person, you know, get a little blue, get a little depressed, anxious, and I'm sure my coffee habit doesn't really help, but I'm not ready to go there yet. So I don't remember exactly where I heard this tip, but your brain is like a computer. So if you find something negative to focus on, it's going to gather data to support that. And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from. But I actually asked my brain, what am I doing right? And then it will go to work on that positive question. So just ask your brain positive question, then then it will go to work. If you ask it, what am I doing wrong? It definitely goes to work. Okay, so I had my morning today. I was feeling pretty good after my morning routine, get home to the kids. I went to a conference yesterday, so my husband was home with the kids. And they started telling me that my son gave my husband as a parent two thumbs up, and I got a thumbs in the middle as a parent. And I didn't yell, but I don't think I took it well. I told him, you're hurting my feelings. How would you feel? But I was very quiet and actually quite hurt my feelings because I don't know if you're aware, but a lot of moms have mom guilt. They don't think they're doing a good enough job. So I actually, I kind of cried a little bit in front of them. And I think some people would say toughen up. But I think it's good for kids to see you um, have emotions and learn that their words have an impact. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I got to toughen up because life's going to get a lot harder. But my point is, you know, moods can go, your thoughts, your feelings can definitely take control of your day. But you know what? I cried. I vented to someone. And then I'm thinking, you know, oh, great, I'm going to be on a podcast, you know, with my family. And now, you know, I'm just crying hysterically and I have to be like bubbly and all this stuff. But it's it's OK to have feelings, to have moods, to have thoughts. A lot of people are going to tell you you're not good enough. I mean, we're talking five and seven year olds. Try to take it with a grain of salt. But if you already kind of think those things about yourself or you're hard on yourself and then someone says it, then it's just like, boom. So it's really important to have your own back and to train your brain to think positive thoughts. So that's my tip in terms of declutter your mind. I'm super excited to have with me my new friend, Clara Angelina Diaz. She is a speaker, an author, a mom, a life coach, and business coach. Did I miss anything? I mean, what else? (laughs) What else do I do? I'm a facilitator. Mm -hmm. I'm a consultant strategist sometimes an artist oh wow writer poet holy cow okay i swear she's a real person she's (laughs) 
She's a real person. So I'm just going to tell you guys how we actually met. Yeah. So we both are part of She Breathes in Walpole. And what happens at these, there's a, something called a collaborative meeting. You pull a business card from the hat after you introduce each other. And I believe I picked out your name. And I heard her speak and I'm like, oh, that's a good one to get. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this chick's for real. Um, so I think I gave you a call. We had a great conversation. And I invited her to some of my networking events. She came and seen each other a few times. Um, that's one of the beauty, the beauties of uh, She Breathes and just networking in general. And she's my first guest on my show, first show ever recorded, Lighten Up with the Declutterista. So let us jump right in. I know you have an event or something coming up this month. What, what is that about? Your- yes. Yeah, so my, my next thing that I'm doing, so I, I recently became a master coach, which is really cool because it allows me to... Um, help other people become coaches. And so starting first Saturday of, of October, starts my first certification cohort. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a group of um, 12 women, mm-hmm. all, all wanting to become coaches. They're all going to be certified coaches. Okay. And that's running four Saturdays in a row at Massasoit Community College. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah, because, you know, so a lot of the women that are joining me um, are already business owners. Mm-hmm. So some of them like want to, they want to start a new business, you know, being a coach and some of them want to take the coaching skill and put it into their business. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like when you really think about what coaching is, because a lot of people are like, oh, what's, what, what is coaching, right? Coaching essentially is energy management, mm-hmm. right? Okay. It's really thinking, like your life force that you have every day, Yeah. you know, for the rest of your life. Like how, what are you going to do with it? That's awesome. Essentially, that's what it is. That's so cool. So you haven't, nothing has really come super easy to you. I was reading your book, did my research, yeah. and holy cow, you have, you've gone through a lot. And how old, sorry, it's rude. How old are you? It Early is not 30s, rude. right? No, or, I'm, I am 36 years old. Ooh, a couple of years yes. younger than me. I know. Don't you feel like we're still kind of Yeah, I mean, I feel yet. like, no, I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Before 40, and 40 is the new 25. I just made that up. (laughs) So tell me, we are seven or eight, and we're we're from the Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. coming over to the United States. Yes. And what what was that like for you? How did you build your life, your family's life in Yeah, so eight years old. So um, when I came from the Dominican Republic, I came with my mom and my three siblings. Mm -hmm. And my father was already here. He was living in New York. So a lot of, so the migration, the way it works from Dominican Republic, a lot of us come from the capital, wherever in Dominican Republic, and a lot of us end up in Washington Heights in New York. Okay. It's like a big concentration of Dominicans there. So my father was already waiting for us there. So it's myself, my three siblings, right? I'm on the plane. Like, I do not want to come to this country. Oh. No, I did not. Interesting. You know, there's like, when you're in Dominican Republic, you're sold this dream of like, oh my God, America. Yeah. But somehow I knew. You were buying it. I was not (laughs) whatsoever. I love my life in Dominican Republic. I really did. And I did not want to come. But, you know. The thing that kind of stuck stuck in my mind was the fact that, like, coming to this country is a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a gift of opportunity. And so in my mind, I said, okay, you know, if you're going to take me to this country, I'm going to make the best um, 
I'm going to do the best I can. I'm mm-hmm. going to take advantage of opportunities. I, you know, as the oldest daughter, you know, very responsible. I wanted to be a good example for my brothers and sisters. Um, At seven and eight, you're thinking this way? Yes, I am. Can you believe this? <laughs> I know. Cow. I was like, I had I'm like still this, that age. <laughs> this scene, right? I like, I, I still remember like being on the plane, looking out the window because I, I, I had a window seat. And saying to myself, you know, I'm going to come to this country and I don't want to, but I'm going to do my very best to make the best of what my parents have done because it was not easy for them to bring us here. And so that's what I've been attempting to do ever since. Sound a bit like an old soul? Very say? much. <laughs> very say? much. Very much. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So how did how did it go overall? I mean, that's oh, a long goodness. answer. Yeah, very long. Yeah, no. So <laughs> just give me a couple words. No. I'll give saying. you a couple. Okay, so we arrived to New York. Um, you know, I don't speak English. Mm-hmm. My mother hardly speaks English. Like, I remember her, like, trying to buy milk, and she couldn't pronounce milk. So we went to three different stores. Aww. So she was like, can I have milk? And people were like, what are you talking about? Milk, milk. Oh, that sounds clear to me. I don't know. I thought milk. Oh no. So yeah. Um. So that was really you know the 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 the, the language barrier mm-hmm. was a big deal. So you know I did everything I could to like try to learn this the English language as soon as I could so that I could help my parents navigate. And so that led me to becoming an interpreter. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that in the book. <laughs> that is not in the book, oh, actually. a little behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, so I became an interpreter. Oh, um, makes sense. For my for my parents. I don't know. And like within two years, I was fluent. Wow. What age were you an interpreter? I mean, I didn't become, I became an interpreter later. Like, you know, I got paid interpreter. Yeah, yeah. From the minute that I learned English, I was interpreting for my parents. I didn't even know that was a job <laughs> until I was like 23. Okay. And long story, like I meet an interpreter and I was like, wait a minute, you get paid to do that? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, here's my card. I was like, what? Where wow. have I been all this right, time? Right, Yes. And then at, at that time when I met that interpreter, I had just um, finished um, a corporate job. I, I, my first job ever, I, was, I worked at Bank of America. Okay. I was a um, mortgage processor. I don't know how they hired me <laughs> at 18 years old. I came through like a, through a temp agency and then they saw like, you know, how awesome I was. Yeah, seriously. And they hired me. I was 18 years old and I had my first, I was making $29,000. I remember that letter. Wow. 29000 at 18. First year of college. I dropped out of college like my first semester after my first semester because I was like, if I can get a job at this corporation and I do not need a degree, like I thought that this is the whole reason for me going to college was so I could right, get right. this job. But I'm backwards, have it. yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so yeah, really quick it. I um, you know, went climb up the corporate ladder. But then once I was, I think I was like twenty two and I had this job where I was making so much money, Becky. I I I helped these guys um, start their own mortgage company. So I started at, you know, Bank of America Mortgage, mm-hmm. climbed up the corporate ladder. Then I found this this really cool job where I, I helped these guys start their own mortgage company. I helped them um, develop relationships with banks. And the way I would get paid is I had a salary and then I would make a commission off of all the loans that they did. Oh, wow. Imagine that, right? Mm. So here I am, like 22 years old. Like I would be getting these commission checks for like five, $6,000. And I didn't know what to do with them because I'm so young. Yeah. And, you know, what that did for me is that it really um, awakened in me this, um, 
this this like wanting to know like what was I here to do because it's not it's not the title it's not the money like it's it's not all these like straight routes you know and so in that search I was just like my god like what am I here for like I it's it's not to make like all this money but Mm -hmm. then have no time to spend it because I was working you know right um 60 70 hours a week um with these guys and during that time I had a near-death experience oh I didn't see that in the book either. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of things that are not in that book. Okay. And that happened. I think I kind of called that upon myself because I was like, why am I here? Why am I here? Like, I just kept asking the universe. And when I I had this near-death experience in a car accident where I thought that I was going to be, like, in front of the pearly gates when Mm. I opened my eyes and I was going to be in front of God. Oh, wow. And it, um... It really changed me because it was like there was like a before Clara, mm-hmm. that accident, and then after, you know, like okay. after that happened, I took like my financial services resume and I kind of just ripped it and I I just started exploring other things. Like I started to paint hmm. out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Just randomly started painting butterflies. Hmm. Okay, why not? And then that led me to find my first life coach. Oh. Yeah. So I was How did a butterfly drawing get you to So when I'm when I'm into something, I get into it. So I was when I started painting, I was like, there has to be something here. People were seeing my paintings like friends and they wanted to buy it. Yeah. I in my head, like that idea of that you could make money doing something you love was so foreign. Yeah. Uh, up until that point, because I thought, of, you know, my my formula in my mind was you go to school, you study something mm-hmm. and you get a job and that's what you do. But this whole nother idea of that. Well, like if there's there's nothing, something natural, natural in me that is just like birth through me and somebody wants that and yeah. like, I can make money. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. amazing. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Yeah. So that just like opened up a whole nother universe for me. And, and this I remember this one guy. Um, he was a friend of my roommates and he bought my first painting and he kept asking me for the painting and I was like, no, oh, no, no. And then I, I priced it like so high. Yeah. So like he, that he wouldn't buy it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to write the check right now. I was like, what? I, like, <laughs> I didn't think that would work. Yeah. And wow. so then that, that kept happening. So I went to this, um, I started like looking around and like, oh, what are artists doing around here? And then I just happened to like run into this artist salon. So it's like this, this um, it's almost like the collaborative, like a okay. bunch of artists just get together, oh, cool. um, just kind of share, like, what are they doing? Everybody supports each other, really informal. But in that group, there was an email list going around mm-hmm. also. And in I remember this email where this, this man who was a life coach said, you know, he's like, oh, I'm a life coach. I love working with artists. Um, and he said, you know, I, I love to help people bring out what's natural in them, mm. help them validate that in the world. Mm. And when he said that, I was like, this is exactly yeah. what I need right now. It's a great pitch. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I started working with him. And within three months, I had my first art show wow. at a gallery in Cambridge, my first solo show. Um, mag- like, art- remember Art Scope Magazine came and did like a spread on my work. Wow. And... Yeah, people are buying my paintings for hundreds of dollars, mind you. I've never been to art school. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was the beginning, I think, for me of, like, living a life where I 
um, got really clear on my gifts mm-hmm. and my developing gifts because they still keep developing. And working with him as a coach, I worked with another coach. I um, was like, I want to do this for other people. Okay. You know, things that I didn't know I would do. I thought I would do like maybe when I retire. Right. I was doing it like in my 20s. That's I, awesome. I wanted to do that. I mean, So, so then you so became awesome. certified and, and started helping people. I think when we first spoke, you said mm-hmm. that you're a coach for attorneys. Yes. So a lot of my clients just happen to be attorneys because of my interpreting work. So with interpreting, same thing as with art, you know, I got really into it. (laughs) I was like, I started going crazy researching like, oh my God, there's like something natural in me. I can speak Spanish and English. I could make a good living doing this, like just like art. And I ended up in federal immigration court Mm -hmm. interpreting there for 10 years and observing attorneys and it was like a phd in human behavior (laughs) how so okay first of all like when you get to sit next to a person that gets to decide people's lives Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you just you learn from them right you know how to be how to conduct yourself how to not treat another human being (laughs) um and then observing the attorneys you know Mm -hmm. like who wins? Who doesn't? How, you know, what's the demeanor? What's the mm-hmm. kind of energy that they bring? You know, and then they have this person next to them that they're representing, you know, one human representing another at the end of their rope, at the end of the rope, because once you get to court, it's like, right, right. You know, so just being in a situation where like people's lives are being decided mm-hmm. was like a PhD for me in human behavior, sociology, psychology. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And so because I was at, at, at court so much, I, I was listening to this audiobook for a long time. And I remember in the audiobook, it said, like, you have to grow where you are. Hmm. So as I was building my coaching business and I was also interpreting, I decided to just start marketing myself right where I was. Oh, cool. And one attorney who's still my client now. And one day she found out that I was a coach somehow. I, I can't remember. And she contacted me and I said, oh, you want you you want me to translate for you? She was like, no, no, no. I want you to coach me. And that was the beginning of a beautiful niche market. Yeah. <laughs> now, That's very niche. Very niche. Yes. And it's mostly um, attorneys of color that I work with. So they're like their own little sub, sub niche, yeah. sub niche, <laughs> subcategory. Yeah. yeah, it's been really great. So what are they usually coming to you with? Because you would assume that they're confident, they have their act together. Um, yeah. Is it like they're not happy, so they want to learn how to be happy outside of their job? Or what is usually why they would need a coach? Good question, Becky. Thank so <laughs> I think I was blushing. Yes. Very good question. So they come to me for a bunch of different things. So um, just because somebody has a high high profile job doesn't mean that they have it together right at all you know (laughs) we're just human beings trying to do the best we can so let's all remember that right so they come to me for confidence building real like leadership development because you know like you go to law school but you're you don't really learn to uh, you don't take any classes to like manage your own business (laughs) And so when I when I got my degree, um, I I got my degree from Lesley University. Mm-hmm. They're going through many colleges. I graduated from Lesley University. Their adult program um, over there is really awesome. If there's anybody listening who mm-hmm. needs to finish their bachelor's degree, <laughs> good to know. Um, yes, Lesley University is awesome. And so I designed my own major, and my wow. major was um, life and business management. Mm. 
And so it allowed me to study all these different courses to help help. Basically, the goal of what I wanted to learn was like, how do you how do you bring out the maximum potential mm-hmm. in a person and in a business? Oh, wow. That covers it all. A lot of it. <laughs> it covers a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So attorneys come to me because they're just like, look, like I went to college, but it broke me. I went I went to law school and it broke me. Like mm-hmm. law school is mm-hmm. harsh on yeah, people. Yeah, I come from a family of attorneys mm-hmm. and law professors. So yeah. yeah. They, they told me not to do it. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I know. Because like, at one point I thought I wanted to be an attorney myself. Yeah. Can't relate to that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. I, I had some really awesome attorney mentors mm. that really, they told me that I could do anything. <laughs> and I believe them. Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. They come to me because some of them are mothers and then they have this high profile job. Mm. And so it's like how to balance, you know, the masculinity and the femininity of life. They come to me because people at the top need a confidant and someone to talk to and someone to... And because there's this assumption, right, that you have it all together, it's hard for them to just go to anyone Uh um, for support. Oh, wow. That's a slew of reasons. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Yes. And so... I absolutely love working with attorneys because um, they're so super smart. They really care. You know, the ones that I work with really, really care Mm -hmm. about the work that they do and how they do it in the world. And I can't see there. It's it's a really big way for me to make a difference Mm -hmm. by working with these powerful women and kind of, you know, having this like trickle down (laughs) effect. Right. Yeah. That's such a great niche. So talking to you and knowing you a little bit, you come across... As someone who really has their act together. <laughs> but you've gone through some stuff. Just yeah. coming to this country, you know, I think it's a little bit unbelievable that you're talking to yourself on the plane saying, I got to pull it together for my family, <laughs> but being the oldest. But mm-hmm. there, something I saw on She Breeds and I followed up with you, something happened recently yeah. in your life. Um, I don't know if you care to share that story. Oh, yeah. Resilience is one of our topics here today. Oh, boy. Yeah. So six months ago, I... Um... Yeah, just about six months ago, I um my house um burned to a crisp. <laughs> Completely, everyone's good. Everyone's okay. Everyone's okay. Everyone's good. Yeah, everyone got out. Mm. It was like the windiest day, I think, of the year. Oh wow! Yeah, because that's that's what made the house just kind of go up. They still haven't found the cause. Okay, because I think a lot of listeners would wonder how could we not have that happen? Because it's yeah, obviously scary. Yeah, yeah, they still haven't found the cause. We think it was electrical, mm-hmm. but it. They say they they just haven't figured out what it was, but we're we feel pretty certain that it was electrical. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the house just three family house went up up in flames, and the next day it was torn down. Mm. That's that's so scary. And was it just you that was home, or myself and my neighbor downstairs uh-huh. were home? Okay. And then um, my daughter was at school. Thank God. My, okay. Um, my fiance was at work as well, so it was just her and I in the house, and um. It was really crazy. It was like a crazy, scary movie, action movie. <laughs> yeah, like three fire departments of three towns. Oh, my God. Turn off the fire of one. Yeah. And I think, yeah, what happened for me the first week, I think I was kind of like in shock mm-hmm. that this was, I was like, I can't do, what, what is going on here? But the beautiful thing of that, of what came out of it, there were a lot of really great things. So Mm -hmm. one, like, my family pulled through for me, like, I would have never even imagined. Mm. 
uh, my sister's, I remember like the day after, right? My sister came over with a bag, with, with like two bags of clothes, right? With like all of her best pants, mm. all of her best, ju- like jewelry, everything, purses. She was like, look, these material things. She's like, I want to give you all of this because I just want you to know that those material things do not matter. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You're here and that's what's important. Yep. And then... My entire community of friends, so I had like a friend who like let me stay in her house for two months, Mm -hmm. myself and my family for two months. Wow. My clients, my, all of my different networks. She breeds, posted. She breeds. People donated, I think, yeah. Even... Like, people on Instagram and, like, social media that mm. I don't know personally. I mean, it was like everyone came out of the woodworks to support me in some way. And I just, I kept remembering my my friend, my friend Maciel, who um, opened her home to me. You know, she's my friend from, from high school, but she kept telling me, Clara, remember, you are deserving and you are worthy. Mm-hmm. To receive all of these. I mean, because the love was so overwhelming, Becky. Like, I mean, like, it was like I knew that I was loved. Mm-hmm. But, like, now I know. Right. That I'm loved. Yeah. It's like when shit hits the fan, it's people really came through. They and came the- through. But it's like, that doesn't happen for, I, like, I've seen shit hit the fan for other people. And, yeah. And people did not come through like that. Right. So it was it was life changing. Wow. For me um to see how much I was loved. Yeah. I mean, I I think I had just met you recently and then I hear about some like what the heck is going on? That's that's crazy. But I wanted to bring that mm-hmm. up because mm-hmm. of the resilience you've had in your life and how a community really comes together to to boost people up. So I thought that's an amazing story. And I know you have some cool stuff to do today, so we could talk all day about everything. <laughs> but I want to make sure we get to your book. Yes. And create your best year one day at a time. Yes. So this is a really cool book. I Thank have to you. say that I did read most of it a little last minute, but I even filled some things out. And what what was the motivation to to write this book? That's a that's a big deal to say yeah. I'm just going to write a book and but <laughs> knowing you I'm I'm not surprised. So I wanted to write a book for a long time. So that book came out two years like about two years ago and I wanted to write a book I think for the past 15 years. Oh wow. Probably. And I would tell myself I was going to write a book. I would like write a note. I remember writing a note and putting it on my dresser and saying I am writing a book. <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you're into affirmations. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> and so, but it didn't happen. You know, like it didn't happen for for two years, until two years ago. And um, the motivation for writing my book was the following. So when I became a coach, um, a certified coach in 2011, I was going around like Jesus Christ, evangelizing <laughs> everybody. I was like, please let me coach you. Mm-hmm. Like, let me show you that you have power. You can make things happen. Mm-hmm. You can change your life. Like, we can do this. So um, what I found was that so many other people, especially women, um, who like needed coaching or even wanted to be coached, could not afford it. Mm-hmm. And so my heart could just, like, I could not just let that be. 
Um, you know, because, you know, in business that will tell you, no, no, you gotta like go to the people that are ready, willing and able, but yeah, like how about all the needy people that you meet, you know, on your journey. And so I wanted to create a book so that people could coach themselves and so that these women could like just pick up the book. And I'm like, if you could just get 10%, like one idea of something that will motivate you to like make a change for yourself to empower yourself. Um, and so that's where I, I, the book, the book was born. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit about me. It's a little bit of a, a story about me, which is why you're like, Oh, that's not in the book. <laughs> yeah. There, there needs to be a whole book just about yeah, me. Apparently, but a little bit, a little bit on the, you know, just a little bit about myself, a little bit about, you know, some like how to, it's, it's more of a guide. Um, and then I always envisioned having a book where people could actually write in the book and then poetry. Yeah, because, poetry. yeah the yeah. poetry, you know, um, I love poetry. I'm an artist. You can in like in a, I feel like in a poem, you can in a very short poem, you could say what could take like pages to say. And so I wanted something, you know, short, succinct to the point for those women who for some, you know, wherever they are in their life, like they cannot afford to pay a coach, you know, hundreds of dollars because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's an expensive service. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I recently, cause I've been, you know, they say most successful people, they need a coach yes. and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so expensive. I don't make enough money. And I, I did bite the bullet. So I'm going to start soon. So it seems like a big part of what you teach is this this wheel. What what is it called? Yeah, it's called the wheel of life. Oh, it was a wheel. Okay, I got it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People call it different things. So mm-hmm. it's like the wheel of life. I call it the wheel of life, and also the wheel of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it does, it's it gives you a different perspective. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed the book and. I'm curious, have you heard any anecdotes about people who weren't able to afford your coaching, but they really kind of nailed it and made the most out of your book? Any success stories or is it getting out out there to people that you wanted to? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So um, I heard this really cool story um, lately and I actually met with this reader because I was so amazed that she had gotten so much out of it. Awesome. So um, in January, I gave a talk um, at this place called General Assembly um, mm-hmm. in Boston. Really, really cool place for people that are, that want to change careers. And there was a girl in the, um, this really lovely girl in the audience. And um, after the talk was all about like the new year and like how to make this your best year, right? Okay, your best year. Yep. And so it was a panel. And then at the end, she came up to me um, and I had my book for sale. And she came up to me and she said, she was like, oh my, oh my God, what you said, what you said. And I was like, what did I say? She was like, everything, everything you said. But I remember I had said something about like, you know, in order for you to make changes, you have to accept what is first Mm -hmm. and then she and she bought my book and then like three months later I get like an Instagram message from her and she was like I just you know I just want you to know how much your book has changed my life Mm. I um, decided to forgive my mother and I decided um, and I kind of saved up all this money that I had and I took my mom to Paris with me oh wow and she said and I gave myself she's like because of your book I gave myself the opportunity to forgive my mom Oh, wow. That's a game like, changer. Yes. Career made. Good. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> all right, done. <laughs> I'm going to relax now. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I've, so that 
forgiving my mom, you know, for me, I'm like, well, that's everything right there. Um, but then she's also been able to kind of take herself on this whole, um, this, this particular person, she is studying, um, international business and marketing Hmm. uh, at a very prestigious, (laughs) at a very prestigious college. Um, and she's from Venezuela. And so she has been, she has been able to kind of allow herself to experience all these different parts of the world and just like have all these adventures and like just really discover like what really makes her happy, what makes her tick instead of, she's like, I could have totally just went into a corporate job, you know, and, and went the safe route. She's Mm -hmm. like, and I can still do that. Yeah. But had I not read the book, I would have never given myself permission to experience all of this, like forgiving my mom, forgiving myself. And then like go and give myself um the freedom of adventure that's awesome (laughs) so create your best year one day at a time and you can get this on amazon you can get it on amazon but you should definitely get it on my website um because if you get it on my website i send you a signed copy Ooh, I got one. Yes. <laughs> it was funny. My husband was actually reading this to me while I was Mary condoing his drawers. Really? And he said, dear Becky, you are amazing. I'm like, stop messing with me. <laughs> I thought he was just reading the book, but you did actually sign. My- I'm like, why are you saying that? <laughs> so he was actually reading what you signed. So that was pretty exciting. I actually mm-hmm. remember we took a picture of that um, for the Pepper Lane meeting and we, we had did. a really, we were getting really excited about you signing my book. <laughs> um, so... I want to wrap this up. I actually don't want to wrap it up, but um, tell me, so I keep saying this, that you are an extraordinary person. I mean, when you were, when you came out of the womb, it sounds like you're pretty much motivated and you just are killing it at life. You've even, you've even suffered some depression. Uh-huh. Um, so just that if there's a listener out there, that's just kind of meh. Um, like what nuggets or tangible advice besides read your book? would you give that person to kind of lead this amazing life with doors opening and just kind of all around slaying it? What would you say to them? Yeah. What would walk, what can they walk away with? Well, first of all, thank you so much for, um, you know, seeing, saying that I'm all around slaying it because (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that in my life. I am attempting to, um, I am on the road, right. To just, just being the best that I can be, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that looks like every day. Um, you know, and I, um, yeah, and I have suffered from depression. Um, it runs in my family. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, somebody out there suffering from depression, especially because it's getting colder. Mm. And, you know, that usually like the winter blues hits us, you know, as tropical chi- tropical children um, that come from a lot of sunlight year round. So what to do? Okay, number one, like do not judge yourself because mm. you feel black or because you feel... Uh, if you feel depressed, like you feel depressed, like it's not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so just do whatever you need to do for yourself. Um, however, that looks like to get yourself to feel the best that you can possibly feel for you. So it's not like you're going to turn the TV on and you're going to try to like be like the Kardashians because that's not real, you know, mm-hmm. like, or go on Instagram and like, look at, you know, everyone with their smiling faces and like happy life because that's not real either. Mm -hmm. You know, what's real is how you feel Mm -hmm. um, and what's happening for you. And so like things that I do um, when I'm not feeling, when I'm feeling like, you know, depression's about to come on, Mm -hmm. you know, I really check in with how I'm feeling. Like, am I taking on too much? Um, You know, I up my vitamins, um, B12, B6, Mm -hmm. really great. Um, Get out into the sun, 
um when the cold hits that's like i really don't want to go to the gym um or i want to go outside but like some kind of movement Mm -hmm. um even if it's like a crazy dance party in your kitchen Mm -hmm. you know with like a couple songs and you like sweat it out Mm -hmm. um but there's like something really happening in your body you know Mm -hmm. and so it's really up to you to do whatever you have to do to change that chemistry Mm -hmm. um acupuncture is really wonderful um massages the thing I'm really into lately is um, reflexology. Oh. So getting foot massages. Oh. And those are like a dollar a minute at um, at your local mall. <laughs> that sounded like a funny advertisement, like an infomercial or something. But it's like at it's your local so mall. You can get good. What malls is that? What mall is that? Um, Braintree Mall, South Shore. Okay. Um, like Walpole Mall doesn't have that. <laughs> no, but South Shore Plaza does. Okay. And there's a little place like right across from the Aubon Payne um, okay. that does massages and That's they do funny. like... Feet massages are like the best kept secret because oh. it's like what when, if you're ticklish. I have that problem. You just kick them, but yeah, it's still no, 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 no. Like you just like focus on your breath, okay, and you just like let them massage your feet because like all of your nerve endings from your entire body are on your feet, and so you feel it oh, everywhere. I could use that. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, because I do pedicures and I'm kicking them, and it's not a, it's not a good situation. But I can I can. Pull but it's through. like you know you just like focus and like once you like you know like the um the effects. Mm-hmm. Of what this is doing yeah. to you. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Hit up your local mall. Hit up your local mall, <laughs> seriously, for a reflexology, <laughs> like, or wherever. That's awesome. Um, you know, there's a really great place. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to start advertising businesses on this podcast, but there's some really, really great massage therapists and acupuncture and, you know, get up on your vitamins and dance and scream and yell and cry. Whatever you need to do. Yep. To move the energy through um, and do what you need to do because, and find yourself a really great group of women mm. that are doing awesome things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the boosting, you know, that you've gotten Gosh. from the community and she breathes is, is huge for boosting. Mm-hmm. So since this is called lighten up with the declutterista. Lighten up. And we've talked about some heavy stuff, but heavy mm-hmm. stuff's important. And, you know, you've shown your resilience through the tough times and just, you know, as I say, slaying it at life. So what's something, I mean, you mentioned having a dance party in your kitchen, yelling yeah. and screaming, like that's pretty mm-hmm. light and airy, but like, what's something else, you know, that you get yourself to like, not take everything so seriously? Oh my God. Or so the kids probably, the kiddo. <laughs> yeah. The kiddo. I mean, yeah. She keeps it real. You know? <laughs> She's like, what's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This moment right now. Yeah. Right. It's like the most important thing. How old is she? She is three and a half. Oh now. yeah. Don't forget the half. Yeah. She is three and a half. Yep. I'm going on 13. Oh, wow. It's a really awesome child. I'm so, it's just like a blessing from God. Right. Um, And uh, my friends, you know, like I have some really great friends mm-hmm. that, you know, we can just chat it up, talk up. Yeah. Um. So what lines me up? That's the question. Yeah. I guess just like, how do you just, you know, not take everything so seriously. But I, I mean, I guess the dance party in your kitchen and running dance around party screaming. in my kitchen, my yep. f- you know, conversations with my friends, dancing yep. as much as I can. Um, what's something silly, like ridiculous, that's happened with your with your kid recently? Because I just feel like on a daily basis, I just have like strange stuff happen. Can you think of anything that's happened? And I put you on the spot. Oh gosh, something silly, or just. All right. Well, I'll tell you this, okay? Because it's really relevant. So this morning, 
Um, so there's this, there's this little girl in my um, daughter's class that has special needs. Mm-hmm. And so my, because my daughter's very, um, she's like very mature mm-hmm. and she, um, you know, she's not, she's just, she's just a mature kid. Yeah. But this particular child um, has like thrown wood chips at her and the child has special needs. So she's been eating the wood chips. Yikes. Yeah. Splinters. Yeah. I know. Mm. And so today on the ride, um, on, uh, when I was dropping her off, she's like, mommy, you know, I'm not going to say the little kid's name. She's like, you know, she, she pushed me. I was like, did she push you once? She's like, no, like almost every day. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, why do you think she does that? And she was like, I don't know, mom. I don't know why she does that. Aww. And then I said, and I said, remember Angie, I was like, who are you? And she's like, I am. And then she says her first, middle, last name. And then she goes, and I'm the boss. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you are the boss. And then she was like, wait, mom, but isn't the teacher the boss? <laughs> oh, so, so cute. Just, so I had to tell her the difference. I was like, the teacher is the boss of the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, and she is there to keep you safe and help you learn. But you are the boss of you. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's awesome. So I was like, if anybody, you know, anyone throws chips at you, wood chips, or, you know, comes to push you, uh, you have my full permission mm-hmm. to look at them in their face. I was like, you got that eye contact and you say, do not push me again Ooh, i'm getting something to talk to my daughter about yeah and then yeah. she goes and then, and then she goes but why in the face why do i have to tell them in the face <laughs> these are good specifics she yeah. demands to know yeah and i said because i was like when people look at you in your eyes that means that they're really listening to you mm. i mean at least we hope yeah um and then she was like well what if i tell them and then they don't stop and then i said you have my full permission to lift your hands like this and say <laughs> do not push me you know like this is your personal your personal space and you are the boss of that space all right mom um so i don't know if that's like a funny thing i love it no they're they're just the converse they're like real people it's crazy very real people i know it's it's amazing well thank you so much for being on the show i hope i didn't take too much time because you're just moving on to the next awesome thing you're doing perfect so this has been fun thanks for being the first episode yay (laughs) You just listened to my interview with Clara Angelina Diaz. If you want to learn more about her coaching and other events, you can go to www.claraangelinadiaz.com.